Good morning, everybody. This is Florence Bamidele on Inspire 25. Hope you guys are doing well, and I hope you guys are enjoying my episodes of the journey of faith. So today, I'm going to talk about Moses. Some of you may know who Moses is. You've heard of Moses and maybe watched Prince of Egypt. And so I'm just really going to go deep with him, Moses, as a character and basically, you know, share his faith journey and where and how he became the one who took the Israelites out of Egypt. So like in the beginning... Joseph was born as a Hebrew. He was born as a Hebrew family. But at that time, Pharaoh in Exodus basically didn't like the fact that the Hebrews, Israelites, were growing in number. So he wanted to start killing all the babies, anyone born in that season. Um, so basically, it's not so they won't actually expand and multiply. But Moses' mum actually left him and um, hid him for about three months until he got a little bit older where she couldn't hide him. And then she made this both a basket and put him in the River Nile and it would end up going to, to Pharaoh's house. And so when the mum made the, boat, the, the, the basket, this is why you can hear now, today you hear... You know, a Moses basket. When you have a baby, you have a Moses basket to put the baby in. So basically, that name came from Moses because Moses was the baby in the Moses basket that his mum made for him when um, to save his life. So she let her daughter, you know, watch to see what would happen, and the river, the baby went, ended up going to Pharaoh's home outside, and Pharaoh's daughter saw. Moses and said oh this must be one of the Hebrew babies I'm gonna take this baby so when Miram which is Moses sister saw Pharaoh's daughter with the baby you know Pharaoh's daughter said to her you know can you tend to this baby and when he's old and I would look after him and I'll take him as my own son so Miram called um, her mum and then the mum actually nursed her own baby with Miram onto, he was old enough to go to the to the Pharaoh's house so Moses, you can think of as Moses the boy, he grew up, even though he was in Hebrew, he grew up in the palace, he grew up as one of the king's sons he grew up in the royalty so he knew the ways of the Egyptian family who knew the ways of of just how Egyptians live he knew about the, the the Israelites working for Pharaoh and being in bondage for 400 years he knew about the story of the Egyptians of the Hebrews he knew about them and basically but he didn't really encounter them onto um Pharaoh told Ramesses, his brother literally grew up with like Ramesses, which was um, Pharaoh's son, um, to go and look and tend to um, the Israelites. But Ramesses didn't want to go. So Joseph, so Moses ended up going and he realized that, you know, someone told him that you actually are Hebrew and he killed a an Egyptian because they were um, trying to chase him. 
And someone told him the story about his life and then he went back to start seeing his life unfolded. So let's just stop here right now and think about that. And just think about how your life could be made one way. You think that you are someone else's child. You, you, and then all of a sudden, they tell you that, no, you're not our child. You were basically adopted, but you didn't know when you were a kid. So deep down, Mulder knew that there was something different about him with Ramesses. He knew they weren't brothers, but he knew he thought that his mom was Ramesses' sister, and then the father was a soldier who died. That was his. That was what he thought about himself. But deep down, he knew there was something different about him. But he didn't know what it was, and he didn't know how to even master there was something different about him. But Pharaoh loved him. Pharaoh loved him like a son. And he wished his son, Ramesses, was more equipped and ready like Moses. Moses was the one who was sort of more like witty, more strong, did the work and really had a good relationship with Pharaoh. And Ramesses was the one who was kind of lazy and just really playful, but didn't really concern himself about the business of the, the the palace or how it is run and his father always wanted him to be involved but he didn't really care for that so that's kind of the history of Moses like in the beginning of his childhood and Moses story actually goes from Exodus goes to Leviticus it's like so much about Moses we can talk for like two three weeks on Moses alone but I'm just going to take some pointers of Moses and really just share some of the pointers that really touched my heart and I just pray as um, I share about Moses it touches your heart as well so God chose Moses from the beginning before he was born God knew that he would be the one who would deliver the people the Israelites from Egypt but he had to go for the story he had to go for his journey he had to live in the palace live like an Egyptian so he knows how the Egyptian lifestyle is live like a prince and then when he lived like a prince when he got ostracized out of the kingdom because Ramesses found out that he killed an Egyptian then he went in the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for maybe 40 days you know he was in the wilderness for a while in the wilderness trying to find out his identity trying to now unravel his new identity basically thinking that he was a prince and now all of a sudden he is not the prince he's in Hebrew and so he had to now live and basically try and rebuild his life as now somebody who doesn't even know who who he is and what he's called for and why he was even born because he thought he was an Egyptian and now he realizes he's a Hebrew and and then just you know there's so much crisis in that because now he doesn't even know his identity who am I that's probably a question that he would have said to himself who am I I thought I was this and now I realise that that wasn't even my parents. Who am I? And now I'm in the wilderness trying to figure out life. I can't go back to the Prince of Egypt. I can't really go back to the Hebrews. Where do I go? What do I do? What's my purpose in life right now? So one day when Moses was in the desert, God appeared to him by a burning bush. And God, and so Moses saw this burning bush and he thought oh like the bush is not the fire is not going out and then um so he, he was curious he was he had a curiosity and so we went closer to the bush 
and um, he couldn't even get that close and God said stop there stop there right now this is holy ground take off your sandals this is holy ground he even know who was calling him he didn't even know he was looking around thinking who is speaking but God was speaking through the bush to really speak to Moses in his time when he was in a desert in a wilderness trying to figure out who he was trying to figure out his life and trying to just figure out things about himself and God said to him take off your sandals this is holy ground this is holy ground and and I want you to do something for me so as Moses is having this conversation with God God said to him I've heard my people cries I've heard my people's cries the Hebrews are crying they've been crying for 40 years because they've been in bondage for 400 years they've been crying for 400 years crying for 400 years and God said I've heard their cries and I want you Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go so Moses said to him why are you coming to why are you asking me to do it I can't do this this is not something I can do I can't speak well I don't have an elegant speech I cannot speak well and Moses says who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out and this is in Exodus 3 verse 11 Moses said who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt Moses wasn't feeling that he could do it Moses didn't think that he can actually go now to Pharaoh and start telling Pharaoh to let the, the let the Hebrews out let the Hebrews free let the Hebrews go let them go and worship he said, God, I don't have a, I, I can't speak properly. I can't even do this. Why are you calling me to do this? Go and find someone else to do this. I don't want to do this. I just want to figure out my life. Um, I'm married now. I've got a kid. I don't need to do anything, Lord. Don't come and bother me, God. I'm just paraphrasing what he said. And he started making excuses. How many times do we think that we are not good enough? Do we think that we're not worthy to do the thing that God has called us to do? How many times have we stepped back when, when, when someone's calling you and seeing a gift inside of you and you're not sure that you can do it, so you step back and you shrink back? When someone says, go for it, you can do this, or apply for that job, and you're like, no, I can't because I, I, I don't have the skill set. How many of us have stepped back? How many of us have been like Moses and said, who am I that I should go? Who am I? I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not able. But God said, if you're willing and if you're obedient, you will eat the best of the land. So you have to be willing. And you have to be willing and you have to be obedient. Because you can be willing and not obedient. And then also, so then there's, then there's kind of like a stopped 
something stop because you could be willing but you're not being obedient but you have to be obedient to God's will for his glory to shine but Moses said who am I who am I that I should go and tell Pharaoh why don't you go and get somebody else God why don't you get somebody else who can do it who can talk better than you who can who can talk better than me God I'm not equipped I'm not ready but God chose him from the beginning to have the lifestyle that he had so he'll not only know how the Egyptians lived as a prince but he also now can identify with the Hebrews being a Hebrew and Moses said to God in Exodus 4.10 then Moses said to the Lord oh my Lord I am not eloquent neither before nor since you have spoken to me your servant but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue so Moses basically said I can't speak properly God I don't have the right words I don't even know what to say and you're going to use me to go and tell Pharaoh who has all the education to tell Pharaoh to let the Hebrews go for 400 years they've been in slavery and bondage and now I'm going to come and say let them go God said to him, God said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing of the blind? Have I not? I am the Lord. So God said to him, you may not be eloquent in your own understanding. You may not be eloquent and speak well by your own self and by your own strength. But in me, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly. In me, I will give you the power to do the things I have called you to do. In me, I will strengthen you and build you up. So when you are afraid, I will lift you and guide you through the times when you have to do things that you don't want to do. We all have these fears that come up thinking, why me, God? Why are you choosing me? Why, why are you stepping why are you coming to ask me to do this, Lord? I am not equipped. I am not ready. I don't have all the answers. But God said, I am the one who made the mouth of the man speak. I am the one who can use you if you are willing. So this conversation between Moses and God was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. going to do. I want you still to go and talk to Pharaoh to let the Hebrews go. But I'm going to also send Aaron to be your spokesperson. So you will speak. I will speak to you, Moses, and then you will speak to Aaron and Aaron will be your spokesperson. So what God is doing is when he's called you, he's always he's already equipped you and he's already sending the right people to stand with you. So then everything's going to come in alignment and come perfectly together. When you step out in faith and you don't know how you're going to do it, when you say yes to God, God brings the people that's going to help you to, to, to accomplish the goals and
to you. God has given you all the power. God has given you all what you need. And you don't have to have all the answers to start whatever he's calling you to do. But just say yes. And each door and each corner and each thing that you need, God will give it to you at the right time. So he went to Moses. So he went to Pharaoh. Him and Aaron went to Pharaoh. Spoke to the Hebrew people. And the Hebrew said, well, who are you? How are you going to help us to... How are you going to help us? And how are you going to set us free from this bondage? So when they came, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He said, and he's like, who did these people think they are? Basically, this is what Pharaoh's saying. He's saying, who do these people think they are? They're going to come into my country. They're going to come into my city and tell me I should let God's people go. I don't know this God. Who is this God that's going to come? So Pharaoh had a heart which was hardened, stubborn, stubborn. He was so stubborn and pride. And then the he- he- Hebrews were angry with Moses and Aaron because Pharaoh made their work harder. So sometimes when you have to go, you're trying to help somebody. And everything you're trying to do, it seems to be that their life is going in the first place. It looks like their life is not really going as planned or things start happening worse and worse than but these things had to happen because the Hebrews Israelites had to see God's glory had to see God's power through the hardness of Pharaoh Pharaoh's heart was hardened he made them work more harder he made them work more harder so literally, Moses kept on going back to forth and God said, God, why did you bring me in this mess? Why did you bring me to go and speak to Pharaoh? And now the, the Hebrews are mad with me because now they've got more work to do. Now they're in more, now they're getting beaten and treated worse. But God just said, I'm going to keep on hardening Pharaoh's heart. And I'm going to set my people free on my timing and my way. So yes, God can tell you. This is the calling he has for you. God can raise you up to get to that place. But he's still going to say, my will, my way. And even when God calls us to do something, we still have to trust on the journey because we we can become pride and think we can do it. We know what to do and we're going to do it the way we want it now. God's way, God's timing for his glory to be revealed, for his glory to shine bigger than the situation so pharaoh had a heart that was hardened moses did signs and wonders but pharaoh had all these magicians and all these all these witchcraft people to do the same thing so pharaoh was like well your god can't do better than my god but every time moses performed a miracle when when he's when pharaoh's magicians couldn't do all the other performance he came to moses and said moses okay if you stop the frogs in the town and the city can you imagine frogs everywhere frogs just everywhere the whole 
think about where you live right now. You have frogs in your house, you have frogs in your kitchen, you have frogs everywhere in your house. You go outside, there's frogs everywhere. Just frogs jumping everywhere and just jumping on you. It's just like, just a, a heap of frogs everywhere. And the whole city stank of frogs. So Pharaoh was saying to him, listen, okay, if you, if you, if you're God, remove the frogs and I'll let your people go and worship. I'll let your people go for three days and do what they want to do. So then every time that God will remove the curse, Pharaoh will just get harder and harder. Then hailstones came, then plagues came, and Pharaoh's still heart was hard. But even in this, what the Hebrews saw, the miracles of God upon their lives, that God still spared them, that they cried out for 400 years, and 400 years you think, God, when is it going to ever get done? The people who cried out 400 years ago weren't even alive. It was to the third and fourth generation that they saw God's glory. But God remembered them. So sometimes when you're going through stuff and you're just thinking, when is this going to end, God? God still remember you. God still remember your cries. 400 years before God released the people out of bondage. 400 years. So when you're saying, God, how long, God, how long, God, how long? He remembers your cries from generation to generation to generation. And you may not see the glory of God. You may not see it. But be faithful and believe that, yes, his word will come to pass. That he is a God of promises. And his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The Hebrews saw the miracles how God spared them when the Egyptians were getting all these plagues that came in the land. God spared the Israelites. That they put a blood on the door frame. Because Pharaoh was so hardened that it had to be death of his own son before he said, yes, let the people go. And he said, anyone who has the blood on their doors, on their, on their, on their door frame, I will spare. And everybody else, I'm going to wipe out. I'm going to wipe out every first son, male, animals, everything. I'm going to wipe them out. There is such a protection when you're under God's covenant. There is a protection that you don't, we don't even know about because things that we're dealing about are spiritual. It's not in this physical realm what we see. It's spiritual and it's deep. But when you have a covenant under God, things may come, bondage may come, but God still spares you and your family. He watches over you. He watches over you. Just like he watched over the Hebrews. He watched over them. 400 years and I want you to sit with that number 400 years you may and your family generations might be in bondage but God is saying I am a God who delivers I am a God who will fight for you I am a God who hears your cries Exodus 14 14 says actually I'm going to start from 13 And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the the salvation of the Lord, which he would accomplish for you today. 
For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Verse 14. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Amen. Do not be afraid. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he would accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see no more. The Lord would fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So ladies and gentlemen, today, I'm speaking by faith for you that the Lord will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. So whatever you're going through, whatever you have gone through, and you're saying, God, when will this end? The same way the Lord fought for the Hebrews, Israelites, God will fight for you. The Lord fights for you and you will hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Father Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day that we can come in your presence, we can come under your covenant, we can come under your grace and your mercy over our lives. That we can trust the process of God, Lord, that even we are in bondage. That we can know that though it tarries, that we shall wait for it, it shall surely come. Victory shall surely come. So Father, we thank you today, Father, for your people, God, who hears my voice, God, that you're using me as a vessel to speak life, to every single person who hears this message, God. That they will know, that they will see the goodness of the Lord in a land of living. That they can wait on you and they can trust in you and they can wait on you and they can trust in you, oh God. That you will fight their battles. You will fight their battles of addiction. You will fight their battles of struggle. You will fight their battles, oh God, Father, of, of unfaithfulness. You will fight their battles of sickness. You will fight their battles, oh God, Father, Lord, of broken relationships. You, Lord, will fight their battles and you will turn the pieces into peace. Father, Lord, we thank you. Just how Moses said, I am not good enough. But you said to him, I am God who gives you a mouth to speak. I am God who's giving you the things to say. Do not be afraid because I'm with you. So Moses led the people out of Egypt. There's always light in the darkness. The light bright shiner than the darkness that you're in. That through your test, there will be a greater testimony that you will see that God is working it all out for your good, for your good, for my good. It's not over until God says it's over. It's not over until you win. 
Moses said, God, why are you choosing me? God doesn't look for the person who looks perfect on the outside. God uses the one who has issues, who's had, who, who doesn't even think they are worthy of it. That's the one God wants. Because the one that God calls is the one that want, the one that God calls, not what man calls. Be encouraged today that the Lord is fighting your battles today and the Lord has equipped you for such a time as this to do the thing that he's called you to do. There's no more delay. Start now. Because someone needs you. Someone needs your story. Someone needs you to do what you need to do to save. Who is in bondage in your family that needs salvation? Who is in bondage that needs a word from you today go forth just like Moses go forth and trust the process you don't have to have everything you don't have to have all the money you don't have to have everything ready and all in all all already just start where you are go forth and know that God fights your battles God bless you God keep you. God shine his covenant over you today. Be blessed. I'll be back next week, Tuesday. Tuesday today, I'm going to be dropping my pods. And um, feel free to shout out, you know, your messages. And um, I just pray that I'm being an encouragement to you guys. And know that God fights your battles. God fights your battles. And this is how we overcome by trusting, by believing, by stepping out and knowing that God has you. God bless. So Moses was in the desert for 40 years before he had to go back to Egypt to set the people free. And you can imagine that after 40 years of being in one place, finding your identity, knowing who you are, comfortable, now God uproots him and says, go back to Egypt and set my people free. Think about that. Would you want to leave now what you've known for 40 years and go back to where you were born, to go back to the palace that you lived in, to now go and deal with like your brother, Ramesses, to go and meet him and confront him about letting the Hebrews go. That must have been hard for him. And just like what he said, just like what he said to um, God, why are you coming to call me? I can't speak well. I can't talk well. I am not eloquent enough. We make excuses because of the fear. We make excuses because of the unknown. We make excuses because we feel that we are not good enough or we're not equipped. We make excuses because we feel we're not good enough. We get used to our comfort zone that when God is calling us out to go up, we shrink back because we feel that we're comfortable 
and we are now have to go to the unknown and the unknown is uncomfortable the unknown is scary because we just don't know you know what is it going to look like but when you step out in faith when you step out and know that God has you when you step out and know that God's going to hold you that yeah you may fall seven times but you rise up again so keep on rising in the area where God is telling you to move forward keep on going keep on believing keep on trusting that he has you and he's called you because he knows that you are equipped and you are able believe in yourself believe in the vision that God has given you believe in the things that he actually has called you to do Moses got the Hebrews out of Egypt they were in the wilderness for 40 years but the Egyptians started to be they just started to, to complain and moan and grumble because of the fact that they were in the wilderness they were in the desert they forgot the promises they forgot the miracles how God rescued them from the 10 plagues of Egypt and how they saw the Egyptians fall and how they saw, you know, the devastrophic things that happened in Egypt when they were there. But God helped them up. They began to forget. They began to complain. And sometimes in life, we help people in life to, you know, advance them. We help them to get a job. We help them, you know, to get a, a house. We help them in areas. And they turn around and tell you, well, what did you do for me? And they forget and they don't remember the good that you've done for them. But that's okay. Even if they don't remember, you know and God knows what you've done. And God rewards those who do well. And it's not that you do things to get acknowledgement or you do things to get awarded. But sometimes you just feel, well, you know, appreciation is nice. But even if someone doesn't appreciate you, even if someone doesn't, give you the acknowledgement that you feel you desire, God still remembers all the things that you've done, all the good that you've done to other people, all the things that, all the things that you've done, all the things that you've encouraged and blessed and, and helped. God sees that and he rewards you and he's timing. So Moses and Desert is going now to um, speak to God. He goes and speaks to God lots, lots of times. And at this particular time, when Moses went to go and see God, the Hebrews were like, Moses taking so long. I mean, what is he doing up there now? We haven't seen him in so long. And, you know, right now, oh, we don't even know what Moses is on. So we're going to do our own thing. So they go to Aaron and said, Aaron, we want to make a, we want to make a calf. We want to make a calf so we can um, worship the calf because we don't know what Moses is and we don't know what Moses is doing. So the, so the Hebrews forgot the blessings of God. They forgot what God did for them. They forgot how he blessed them, how he spared them, how he fed them. He fed them manna in the wilderness when there was no food. He provided. He kept them strong. He kept them well. And they said, we should have stayed in Egypt. We should have stayed in slavery. So think about it. They've been free. They've been free. And now their paradigms want them to go back or to say, I was happy in bondage. Nobody is happy in bondage. That's a lie. You can't be happy being enslaved to somebody else. That's not freedom. 
But even when you get your freedom, sometimes we moan and complain when God has blessed us, when he's given us all the desires that we ask for. And then we start forgetting, then we start treating the things that we ask for as discontent. Some of you right now could be married and been crying out to be married for a long time. And now you've been married for years and now you start treating your spouse as if they're nothing. Some of you, you know, may have not had a good job and may not be financially savvy or had financial wealth. But now you are in financial wealth and now you start forgetting and thinking that you're better than everybody else. We need to learn to humble ourselves. We need to learn to humble ourselves and be content in the good times and be content not in a God so good times. We have to remember God's goodness all the time and we have to give thanks all the time. Be grateful in all seasons because the one who called you has equipped you and has given you these blessings not just for yourself but to be a blessing to other people. So Moses went up and he was talking to God and he was there for a long time and God was giving him the Ten Commandments and when he came down, he saw what the people done. So Moses got vexed. So even though you may be called by God, there's this anger that still rises up in you. Doesn't mean no one's perfect and God is not asking you to be perfect. But he was vexed. He was mad that he called them a stiff neck. He called them stiff neck, ungrateful people because of the fact that they went out. They wanted to build a, a calf, a golden calf to worship God. But they forgot the true God that they served. They forgot the God who brought them out of Egypt. They forgot the God who was there in the hard times when they were crying out for 400 years that God remembered them. They forgot the God. They forgot God. It's so easy to forget God when you're doing well. It's so easy to like, oh, I wish I didn't have this. I wish I didn't have that. God does get angry, just like Moses got angry. Moses smashed the Ten Commandments in his hand. He smashed it down. You said, you sniff, you sniff, stiff, snick people. You stiff, you stiff, neck people. What's wrong with you? But even after he said that and he lashed out in anger, he still went back to God and said, God, please spare their lives. Don't swipe them out. Please spare them. But then he made a division, said, if you are for God, be on this side. And if you're not for God, be on this side. And then all the people who weren't for God, they got swiped out. And only the people who said they want to be with God stayed and remained. So you decide today, who do you want to serve? You decide today, if you want to be warm, lukewarm Christian. You decide today where you want to be. Do you want to be for God or do you want to be in the world? You can't be in the middle. Lukewarm doesn't serve anybody. God said he will spit you out. He will spit you out. It's either you're hot or if you're cold. So Moses loved, even though he had anger issues, smashing the Ten Commandments. God has given him a tablet of the Ten Commandments. He smashed it in anger because of what the people done. But God still listened to him. God still honoured him and God still helped him do the things that he was called to do to bring the people into the promised land. What has God asked you to do? And even the people around you may not receive what God has asked you to do or they might be stubborn and stiff-necked and rebellious. Doesn't mean that you have to give up. 
doesn't mean that you have to just push them aside. If God has called you to do it, then you have to go through everything to get it. Even when Moses told, even when God told Moses to go back to the Egyptians to speak to Pharaoh, it took months and months and months and months before Pharaoh listened, but for God's glory. So it could be a child that has gone like wayward. It could be a child that's gone doing crazy things and you're just like, when is this going to end? Don't give up on your child because God didn't give up on you. Don't give up on your spouse because God didn't give up on you. Don't give up on those people who hurt you because God didn't give up on you. And if he's called you to be that one, then be that one in love. Yeah, you can get angry, but don't stay angry. But keep going and keep trusting and keep speaking to God because he will help you through those times when it's challenging, when you just feel like, I'm just tired of doing this over and over again and the other person doesn't appreciate or the other person doesn't even acknowledge what I'm doing. Or the other person is just rude and just outright rude and just no and very disrespectful. Go back to God. Ask God to help you, to give you the wisdom that you need to see it through to the end. So God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters. You know, even, you may not even be a Christian and you're hearing this. And you could be in a place and you could be the receiver or you could be the one who is the giver. But wherever you are and whoever you are, God still loves you and God still hears you and your story is not over. So keep going forward. Keep believing, keep trusting, keep smiling and God will see you through. God bless.